Hi, this is David with ClearFit Coaching, and I've got to start with a <laughs> kind of a laugh uh, at myself. I listened to last the last episode of this podcast, and of course, I shut the background music off when I'm recording this, but when I got done, I was in such a, a, a mood to just publish it and get it on its way that I never introduced the background music to the intro, and um, I apologize for that. Although... It kind of goes in theme with the uh, idea I'm going to talk about in today's show. Um, my name's David. I'm with clearfitcoaching.com, and I am an executive coach, a life coach. I'm here to help you out with uh, whatever it is you're working on. And you can reach me through my website. We've got some great plans. Had some really amazing clients in my first coming on a year now of business, and um, it's been very enjoyable. And this is part of it too. This podcast is. Is a, is a fun part and one that um, I enjoy doing despite the mistakes from time to time. I'm hoping to increase the quality of sound in this presentation and uh, looking forward to talking with you about contrast. The last couple weeks, maybe even just the last week, I suppose, I've had the opportunity to be exposed to different situations that have really stood out to me. And um, one of them that was the most fun was the opportunity to go and visit my daughter on her campus. And it is a beautiful school up at the University of Puget Sound. And the uh, stunning beauty of the area, accompanied by the fact that we had really good weather, really just presented itself with a feeling of so much opportunity. And watching these young adults go through their days and learn what they're learning, get to know the new people that they're exposed to. I'm very impressed with the bravery that my daughter has shown. She's gone to this school as the only student from her high school to attend it. Um, and she's made a great group of friends. I'm so happy to see her walking around and saying hello to so many people that we pass. Um, it's obvious that she's found her people and that's fantastic. Another opportunity that I've had, and I'm sorry, that word's probably overused. Another situation that pointed out these ideas of contrast and observation, which we'll get into here too, is the uh, presentation from some consultants that came into a business that I'm very close to and presented some ideas that were challenging and supportive and new and fresh. And it's kind of the idea that, you know, you, you don't know how your house looks, how your house feels, how your house maybe even smells. And that's a silly thing to say, but it's a sense that we don't pay too much attention to, or maybe not as much as we should. Until somebody else comes in and tells you, hey, this is working or this is not. Sometimes those things go by us or sometimes there are things we're aware of and we just don't take the opportunity to, to fix them, right? We, we know that it's wrong. Maybe we don't recognize how bad it's gotten or how off track things have become with a certain thing. Outside observers are a big thing. And then yesterday, I went down to the Douglas County Courthouse and was in a room full of probably 150 people for jury selection. And it was the quietest room with that many people that I've been in for a long time. And it wasn't because we were asked to. Nobody was told to be quiet. There were no instructions saying don't talk or don't do whatever. But wow. But the difference between the beauty and the silence on campus versus the silence and, dare I say, sterility 
of the jury room were, were quite different as well. So the observation that I want to share today is that there's a lot to learn from contrasting situations. It's a valuable cognitive process that allows us to gain insights and develop critical thinking skills and expand our understanding of the world. Contrasting situations like those I've described, they encompass a wide range of experiences, including novelty, deep observation, and the perspective of an outside observer. And there's many ways that we can learn from these diverse situations uh, when they occur and in various contexts. Um, Number one is novelty. Uh, Expanding our horizons. Novel horizons, novel experiences challenge our existing mental models and expand our horizons. When we're confronted with something entirely new, our brains are forced to adapt and learn. They're also driven to take note of it. And it's a great way, as a show I listened to yesterday observed, to kind of slow things down. Putting yourself into novel situations puts yourself into a position of creating new memories. And memories are one of the ways that we can slow our perception of time down. Another thing about novelty is that it requires adaptation and creativity. Um, It requires us to adapt quickly, promotes creative problem-solving skills, and the need for us to find new solutions, uh, which can lead to innovative thinking and improved cognitive flexibility, right? These new situations, particularly when you apply them to something that maybe you've been struggling with or you've observed in the past, um, these novel experiences can be really helpful in problem solving. With deep observation, this is something that came up in this show I listened to yesterday too, and it really struck a chord with me, right? You can slow things down by making everything novel and creating memories this way. But the other thing is to kind of accept the idea that everything is novel and that with the power of deep observation or enhanced awareness, um, it puts us in a position where we're paying close attention to details and patterns and the subtleties within a situation. And this heightened awareness can lead to a a deeper understanding of of complex phenomena. And quite honestly, again, even simple things, things that we take for granted, when we really stop and spend time, almost meditative, if you will, uh, we really recognize how truly unique every moment can be. Pattern recognition is a big thing in deep observation. And when we recognize these and identify recurring patterns or trends, um, they may not be immediately obvious, but by recognizing these, it can be useful in various contexts, uh, whether it's scientific research or problem solving, or maybe an issue with a relationship that you've been working on. Pattern recognition is is always something that stands out to me. We talked a little bit about the viewpoint of an observer, of an outside observer particularly. And one of the things that is important to, if you're asking for this feedback, make sure you ask them to be as objective as possible. Objectivity Stepping into the shoes of an outside observer allows us to view situations from a more objective standpoint. And I'm not so much interested in an opinion that they may hold in general. I'm certainly asking for their opinion of a particular situation, but objectivity is something that's important to ask for. The perspective can help us to overcome biases 
and preconceived notions that we hold if we're presented with some others. Or the other thing I suppose is you could ask a number of people with different viewpoints to give you feedback on the same situation and take those different viewpoints into uh, consideration with that um, outside observer standpoint. Um, and it's important too, and these consultants that we were working with did a very good job with empathy and understanding. Make sure that empathy and understanding are, are part of the feedback that you get. And if you're lucky enough to be asked to give feedback, make sure that you do the same. Seeing a situation from someone else's viewpoint uh, can foster empathy and a better understanding of diverse perspectives. It can lead to improved interpersonal relationships, and it can lead to better conflict resolution. Um, acknowledge the strengths and ask for the same. Like when you ask somebody to be an outside observer, it's not just there to shoot holes in, in whatever it is that you've proposed. You need to know where you're doing well too. Areas of beauty can really help with this kind of an exercise. Um, an appreciation and an, an aesthetic sensitivity to where you are. Uh, contrasting beautiful and aesthetically pleasing situations can enhance our appreciation for art, for nature, for music, design. Oh my gosh, some of the buildings that I've seen lately. Even just coming back through through DIA, our airport here, um, the structure is incredible. And it's funny that everyone's always in such a hurry. We've made travel painful. There's no denying it. Pain, painful and not as pleasant as it could be, should be, has been in the past. And we miss a lot of what is going on around us in the airport. Like structurally, DIA is an amazing place. And a lot of airports feature different art presentations. And we're always just on, an, you know, the little power escalator walkway things and speeding past without paying any attention to them. Um, it's everywhere. Beauty is everywhere around us. The walk I had this morning with Calvin and meeting new dogs and people we hadn't seen for a while. Gorgeous morning. Fall is amazing here. Um, and, and beauty often inspires creativity. It can motivate individuals to create art, to create music. I'm hoping that I can do that again successfully here soon. Um, literature and writing. I may have mentioned this already, but I, I read a book recently by George Saunders, Lincoln and the Bardo. Fantastic book. And one of my challenges with gratitude has been expressing it outwardly. So I found a way to get in touch with him and I sent him a note and he wrote back the same day and it was really cool. Um, it made my day that I made his, right? And he wrote back and, and thanked me for my comments. And I started reading it again yesterday, actually in that jury room because it was just so quiet. It was such a great place to read. Um, if you get the chance, pick it up. It's fantastic. Um, so inspiration can come from these areas of beauty. The, the time that I spent on campus when we were waiting for Mackenzie between classes, the the coolness, the breeze, the the wet grass, the trees and the way the light came through them, everything about this campus just was amazing. And like I said before, really just something that was so inspiring and you couldn't help but sit there and think about all the things that you could do, all the things that we can change, all the power that these young adults are grabbing onto and bringing to us soon. It's really pretty cool. That jury room, I mentioned, you know, 
sterility. And <laughs> maybe the better way to say it is to reference it as a clean slate, right? It can represent a clean slate or a blank canvas, uh, providing a fresh start for creative endeavors and pursuits. It's a space where new ideas can be born and, and developed. And in fact, this podcast largely came from the contrast between the clean slate of the jury room and the beautiful natural uh, scenery that I've been surrounded by over the last week. Um, quiet, clean slate environments provide opportunities for introspection and contemplation. They allow us to disconnect from distractions and focus on deep thinking. I was really impressed at the the lack of headphones that I saw on people in the room yesterday. A lot of phones out, a lot of reading devices, blah, blah, blah. But not everybody was plugged in directly. I haven't seen a situation like this with 150 adults in a room that were very respectful of each other's space and quiet, yes, but not to the point of shutting them out. Like I think if you'd invited somebody to converse to, in a conversation, it probably would have happened pretty easily. I didn't. I was more involved in the book. Forgive me. And then quite the opposite. I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, this this Friday, we're going to be at a show um, and uh, the creativity and chaos of a concert uh, can really help inspire divergent thinking too. Chaos can stimulate divergent thinking where we explore multiple possibilities and solutions and encourage us to think outside the box. Um Although at the same time with a concert, we're very focused and directed on what the artist wants us to be, right? There's a beautiful record store in Tacoma called High Voltage, and the number of records and albums that they've got there was really amazing. Um, silly in some ways because we pay for a music service that gives us unlimited downloads. And at the same time, like there's something really cool about listening to an album as it's presented by the artist. So the concert can be chaos. The artist bringing our attention to those things within the show can be good. Um, listening to an album is not chaos necessarily. It's more of the presentation and the format and not just listening to a song by the person. You're listening to it in context of, of what and how they want to present Um but before I get off track too much with the chaos thought, you know, dealing with chaos and uncertainty can help build resilience and adaptability too. It teaches us to remain calm and to find order in disorder. Kind of going back to that first thought of observation, right? So learning from contrasting situations involves embracing novelty, practicing deep observation, adopting a viewpoint of an outside observer, and whether we encounter beauty, quiet, sterility, or creativity and chaos, each situation offers unique opportunities for personal growth, for learning, and for development. And by approaching these situations with an open and inquisitive mind, we can gain valuable insights and expand our knowledge and understanding of the world. I hope you're having a great week. It's been a pleasure speaking with you again today. Again, my name's David with ClearFit Coaching. You can reach me at david at clearfitcoaching.com via email. And you can also find me through my website at clearfitcoaching.com. Hope you all have a great day. We'll talk to you soon.